jaar nieuwe toffe interviews met inspirerende sprekers. Mijn naam is Jerren van Sprang en welkom bij de podcast Grootdenkers. De podcast Grootdenkers is eigenlijk ontstaan omdat ik vond dat mijn klanten vaak toch te klein denken. Terwijl er zoveel mogelijk is als je net iets buiten je comfortzone durft te stappen. Ik ga in gesprek met die ondernemers die dat wel durven. En die niet bang zijn om te testen, te falen, lef tonen en daardoor ook gaan knallen. Vandaag had ik een interview met de co-founder van Elopage, Tolga. Tolga heb ik ontmoet bij de Web Summit. Dit was de eerste keer dat ik eigenlijk in aanraking kwam met Elopage. Ik vond het zo'n gaaf product. Ik vroeg daarom ook aan de stembemanning, mag ik even met jullie baas spreken? En tot mijn verbazing zei hij, ja, maar natuurlijk... Mijn eerste vraag aan Tolga was, maar dit is een fantastisch product, waarom ken ik jullie nog niet? Eerder is de habit of course. Ik zit namelijk in de business van vindbaarheid, zichtbaarheid en groei. Oftewel, ik zorg dat mijn klanten meer geld maken. We raakten aan de praat. Wat een inspirerende man. En wat een creativiteit. Zijn Black Friday campagne is werkelijk briljant. Leuk om na te luisteren als je op zoek bent naar een out-of-the-box idee voor je campagne. We gaan het hebben over het belang van het hebben van een sterke, big, hairy, audacious goal. De manier waarop jij je team blijvend kan inspireren om enthousiast te bouwen aan iets moois. We gaan het hebben over het vinden van de juiste product market fit. Maar daarnaast krijg je ook tips als je bijvoorbeeld een start-up bent die moet gaan boosten hebben. En hoe jij dit het beste succesvol kunt doen. Deze uitzending zit boordevol informatie en kennis. Het was een leuk en inspirerend gesprek. Volg onze podcast voor je maandelijkse inspiratie. Ook op de groeistratege.nl vind je allerlei blogs en informatiebronnen die jou kunnen helpen naar meer groei. Heel veel luisterplezier. Super excited for you to be here. Thank you so much for making the time. Um, last week I met you at Web Summit, and uh, yeah, you were there with your 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 big Elo page stand, and I was really happy and excited to meet you because you actually have a product that a lot of my clients are just looking forward to to use. Get them all to us, Sharon. Get them all to us. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm really excited about it. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a refreshment. So thank you for that, first of all. But before we're going to talk about the, your, your product, your offering, I really want to start with you. Can you please tell me, tell us who you are and what you do? Sharon, first of all, um, I'm very grateful for this invitation into your uh, podcast and into this video, actually. So uh, I loved your energy when you, visited, when you visited us at the Web Summit exhibition. And then I was like, okay, we have to talk. We tried to actually make it there, I know, but it was too busy and too noisy. So it's good that we take the time now. And um, well, um, who am I? Basically, I'm the co-founder of this wonderful company, um, Elo Page, which is, you know, a wonderful 
like result or a summary uh, out of a bunch of people uh, creating uh, something fantastic. And um, I am mainly responsible for the growth and commercial topics. So everything regarding sales, marketing, biz dev, and actually uh, monetizing our software is basically on my table. And my uh, founding partner, Öskan, who runs as a CEO, is basically doing everything else, which I don't like. So all the payment stuff, administration, uh, people stuff, etc. So I can focus more uh, on the growth topics and going international. What I also like, and you know, before we had this, uh, this before we started this podcast, we had a little conversation mm-hmm. about um, how busy you are because uh, you're thinking about like a really crazy promotion. And I love the way how your brain works. And it's actually nice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, unfortunately, it's in German, as you already mm-hmm. told me. But uh, I would love to see more creativity like this. Um, also in the Netherlands, would you mind to share something about it, or is this is this a is this a secret project still? Nah, it's 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 not a secret project. So um, we were just talking about um, our last year's uh, Black Weekend or Black Friday campaign. So um, we, we we rather use these events to also like celebrate a bit of internet, a bit of entertainment, a bit of. Like coming together, it's not all about just you know making sales and predictable revenue, but it's also to to have fun. There are two sides: fun for the customer and fun for the team. And I think when these two groups have fun with each other, etc., they just they just create outstanding results. You know, you create something that is unpredict unpredictable and it's exponential. So what we did last year was, um, you know, we were joking about in the pre-planning phase. Um, about how these, um, you know, these TV live shopping channels do these selling. So basically when they're like two women presenting some jacket and then you have these models up and running and then they basically count down the deal and then they give it a special and the next products come in. So this, I don't know, in, in Germany we call it QVC or H24. I'm sure there is also Dutch channels for that. So, so I really, it's, It may sound very weird, but I tell actually my salespeople, go watch these channels because there you learn how to sell. You know, it's it's really a nice hack because people can keep talking about one topic and do huge circles. And we were joking about it. And then I was like at a certain point saying, why don't we use it in our context? So there was never a TV live shopping environment, okay, which was selling software. So basically we decided to create our own Black Weekend TV and then we said, okay, we're going to have our discounts and I can actually drop you some files and some screenshots and little videos. And then basically we did all of this, you know, countdown, all of these designs and this mock-up. It felt really like I'm on TV. And then I had these buttons basically, like on TV, you know, where I could push something and then some videos coming in or some rockets fly and there is some firework when the deal is coming. And we had a two hour session and um, it was fantastic. We dropped like seven deals, you know, we used this environment and it was a huge success. And we did like all, we break all records in, in, in terms of revenue, which was fantastic. People celebrated it. It was not just buying deals, but giving them some entertainment. And this year, so um, it's going to be very soon, 
we actually decided to take it further. We're gonna create a huge live environment, live show. Just imagine like a TV studio. And we call it Black Weekend TV. So the Black Weekend TV is back. And it is basically the games, you know? We call it Elo Page the games. And the games mean, I mean, we all know the Squid Games from Netflix. So we're gonna wear some suits, okay? And actually I am playing for the discounts okay as a team against the other part of the team so we chose seven games for seven deals and the audience can choose which game i play you know for which deal so they can do actually a bit of a poker tolga can win this game i want this discount so better do this and we're gonna live stream it on facebook on instagram to have a lot of interaction and then and then actually you know see how it goes and we're gonna wear the Squid Game suits, we're gonna change the office into a big studio, you know, that day like 25 people from the team are wearing like these suits. So it's gonna be something very, very interesting and I really look forward to it. So this kind of things we do. <laughs> there is two, two things uh, which are very re relevant to our company. Um, one, we really like to disrupt things, okay? And uh, disruption is not just a technology thing. It's also, or in my point of view, it's first of all a mindset thing. So can you disrupt? Can you get out of your comfort zone? Can you do something completely new? Can you do something where everybody would say, no, that's not a fit, okay? And mixing up uh, software with a Black Weekend TV and live shopping environment, or mixing up software selling with some games, which are normally in TV shows, etc like Squid Games, this is a bold step because it can go wrong. So we, so we like to disrupt, you know? And the second thing that we really like as a company is, and this is mainly, I have to say, driven by the founders, which is, I think, quite natural. I like to set goals which hurt, okay? So I just imagine like, what is the next dimension? What is the next big thing that we can do, that we can try? which will hurt me in the sense that when we fail, it's going to be a big pain, okay? And when I then think of, let's do the same campaign again, like last year, I mean, that's something that we know. That would be comfort zone. So what is stretching goals? How can we go further? How can we go beyond? So when we sit in a team, we think like, okay, we did this. That was amazing. What can we do next? And there is long brainstorming sessions where we get no idea where we, up until two weeks ago or up until one week before that campaign, we actually, we actually have no idea. But then all of a sudden, all the thoughts get formed into some something, you know? And then you find an idea and everything, all of the work in the last weeks, brainstorming sessions, etc., makes sense. Then you hit a goal, which is like, you find, you define a goal or a format, which really hurts, you know, where I'm like, fuck, this is actually impossible. And then we know this is exactly that one thing that we now have to realize. And this is how we actually create such campaigns, products, software, and try to, try to actually stretch us. You said a few things that make me very, very happy. First of all, the goal that hurts. Uh, I like how you, how you, uh, you, know, how you uh, put this, this in, in your company, because this is the thing. And this is what I've, I've, I've noticed also with startups that are like, scaling up or like really like growing really fast is that sometimes um, 
um, when there is no clear uh, goal anymore or uh, not enough inspiration within the organization that a lot of, of their teams, they just go. And which means if your team is not happy, uh, you will not reach your goals, you will not grow. And when I hear you talking, I'm like, you are an inspiration probably for your team. Everybody's into it. Everybody's like, yes, let's do it. Everybody's having fun. Um, was there a time, and this is a quick, like, was there a time? Because I know you're, you, have, uh, you have a big, big, big funding of 32 million, which is amazing. But during that time, when you reached that growth, was there a time that you had a hard time to get the team um, focused? Of course. Um, so, uh, Sharon, what I what I would like to prevent is creating an understanding of um, you know we only have fun here and everything is amazing. It's not. You know, I mean, I think uh, starting up a company uh, equals not to have like a very steep curve going going like this or. You also don't get the hockey stick very fast uh, and then basically, you know, exponentially grow. It's, that's, that's not the reality. It's more like a wavy thing where you have a lot of curves, where you have a lot of ups and downs. And actually, um, what you need to understand is that ups and downs are fully okay. This is the most natural thing that can happen. And it has to happen. There is no linear way of growing things. And... Um, when you have downs, the question is not like why you have this down. The question is how you use this down after understanding why you have it, but how you use this down to actually use this momentum of acceleration. Because if a ball rolls down a mountain, you know, or like a curve down, this means it gains acceleration. So can you pass the way up again? Can you create something that is like helping to balance it out and then gain this momentum to go up again, you know? Which means there are fuck ups. At certain points, teams are demotivated. At certain points, there is a failure. We call it also failuration. So we can celebrate also failures and calibrate on what we learned. And actually, it's all about getting the team together celebrating failures, saying, okay, this is what we learned. We promise not to do this again, but let's, let's look at the North Star of what we tried to achieve. Did it pay on top of it? Was it worthless? And let's not uh, forget the focus. So creating that vision where we want to go, that we're very hungry, is very critical. And when you, when you put that goal here, even though when you have the waves here, people can look straight up, you know? And this is very critical. But if you get lost in the waving because you don't see anything else, you don't put your head up to see the moon, basically, you know, then, of course, people get lost, get frustrated, and then they cancel jobs. So I think it's a, it's a continuous thing. But what I love most is the moments where we fucked up. And when I, what I remember most is the most difficult situations where we could come out as winners. And I think this is a wonderful chance to get back on track every time. Yeah, amazing. And I totally agree. I totally agree about having a North Star. I call it... Uh, uh, the B hack, the big hairy audacious goal, as you probably already uh, heard or know about, um, mm -hmm. just to get mm -hmm. you know you know the team focus and just just go for it. And it's it's nice to to have a similar 
or yeah, a similar goal with the team that you. I think it's so necessary, especially when you're in this startup scale-up phase. Um, we were bootstrapped for a very long time, for five years. And then we decided uh, beginning of this year to raise uh, funds. So it was like in January, February. So we made our deal in June and raised our initial ever funding round of a Series A round with really uh, fantastic investors. We're very grateful to have such um, investors. And now basically the phase is really going uh, internationals, scaling the company. We are now 120, 130 people getting the company to the next level becoming a real uh, meaningful player and actually uh, the market leader in Europe, but then also stretching to global markets. And, um, you know, we want to become the go-to market or go-to platform solution for everybody selling digital products, courses on a global scale. And I think, uh, so that's the current phase. So it's not anymore like, um, you know, working alone, basically, but having such a great team. So and scaling it. This is what we do now. Okay, so it sounds, of course, like a lot of work. It is. <laughs> you know, to it reach is. success. Uh, yeah, success takes a lot of your effort. Are, are there like things in your habits uh, that you change mm -hmm. or that con contribute mm -hmm. to, to your success? Because I think focus would be a, an uh, one that is pretty important. Mm -hmm. But what are the other habits that you cont uh, that you um, that contributes in your success? I don't have like uh, hundreds of uh, habits. I know there are like a lot of uh, people doing great life hacking sessions, and they are like very disciplined. Um, what I what I learned for my for myself. For Eskan, my partner, it's a bit different, probably. But what I learned for me is the habit of recognition of the right moments, okay? So what does it mean? Sometimes, you know, the momentum is not there and you can do whatever you want. You can be so powerful, so emotional. You can be, you know, working hard on something. If the right momentum is not there, if the, if the back wind, if the right wave is not coming, you're not going to have the biggest surf of your life. And I think in some certain points, we created the habit and I created the habit for myself with the right people, with, you know, like the right setup, the environment to actually be in this continuous level of catching the right waves and seeing them, recognizing them. So when you create a habit, it's like on a daily manner, you have to do always the same. But I think you might miss out the right wave because you are too much in your own pattern, in your own clusters. So, so this is something that we created. Understanding the right waves when they come and how to write them. The other thing is, of course, like to optimize me on a, on a personal manner. I have very simple stuff. So I wake up in the morning and... I love quick success stories. So I have two habits in the morning. One, I make my bed. Very simple, you know? Because even if you fucked up the entire day and have no success, you come back in the evening and your bed is done, you know? So at least you can, you can fall back to that one success story today. So, and I was a very disorganized, chaotic person, so this is something big for me. Making my bed, putting the pillows on top, you know, this gives me like a calm peace of mind. 
And the other habit is really waking up in the morning, going out, making my bed, taking a shower, of course, going out and saying hi, positive hi to a couple of people. So I know some people on my street, you know, I see them almost every morning, have a quick chat, how is life, pop, 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 just getting, just throwing out the positiveness out because it's getting back. And this gives me a good mood. And then I visualize how I want my day to be and then go into the office. So these two things are very critical to me. And this actually helps. Nice, nice, nice. Hey, because you were talking about bootstrapping, because you had to bootstrap your product for like five years. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. organizations, that is the most, the hardest thing to do. Mm -hmm. It is, Mm -hmm. it's not fun because you have all these ideas and you actually want to just like get them out. How did you know which elements to introduce first? When, when you bootstrap, and I just had a, like, a, like a presentation at the Marketplace uh, conference a couple of days ago, um, people, people get lost in, in the wrong phases. So um, one, one day I found a napkin, which is a SaaS napkin uh, provided by Point9 Capital, which is a VC from, uh, from Germany. And they actually show exactly what you should be doing in your seed stage, what you should be doing in your later stage, in your scaling phase, etc. And, you know, the problem is today everybody gets too much information of too many different companies and phases, etc., etc. And... Whilst you are still a baby and you may, you may do your baby steps or the crawling, you know, people, people think now I have to get my driver's license because I turned 18. Because they read the story of the guy who's 18 getting his driver's license, but forgetting that it's going to be there in 18 years. So all of a sudden we try to take the wrong measures, you know, for the wrong phase of the company. And actually, it's wonderful to have the baby steps. I mean, I'm not a daddy or I'm not a papa, but I know it from my niece. So when she was one or two, why would I force things upon that she cannot handle, right? So, so, so this is very critical. And in the company, it's the same. So, so in the initial phase of bootstrapping, in the first one, two years, there is one concept that we were sticking to very heavily, which is the product market fit, okay? All that you have to do is a product market fit. But what people forget is you can sell without having a product. You can talk to customers, you can do interviews, you can have discussions, you can have a lot of things without even having the first line of code. If you are into online courses, you can do pre-sales. Look, I, I give you one hack, okay? You can actually create a landing page. You can have a checkout. You can say this course is going to launch in two months and that's why I give you a discount of 50% and that's it. You don't need the course because you just said it's going to be launched in two months. You can go online and test this idea and you know what's the funny thing about it? If people buy it, you have a product market fit so you can sit down and create the course. You have time. If people don't buy it, you are not like in struggle because If people don't buy it, you don't have to deliver something that you don't have. So the wonderful thing about it is, (laughs) you know, you can test 10 markets, 10 ideas, 
try to twist the messaging, try to twist your, your offering by presentation, by packaging, you know, and just be honest and say, hey, I'm going to pre-sale. Maybe you have one or two videos, maybe one or two lessons and just get the message out and see if people are interested. It's the same, it's the same with YouTube videos. People are like doing so great productions for videos because they think whatever video they will put out, you know, it will be watched. So what if you don't have the equipment and everything? Just put up the video. You know what will happen? If it's shitty, no one will watch it in any case. So there is no embarrassment. If it's very good and if people watch it, so it worked. So, you know, actually people watch it. And actually people don't understand that there is this, you know, this, this gap of understanding this, I call it also the chasen um, gap, um, doing something under the consideration that always people will see, watch, buy is wrong. So you can test a lot of stuff, get the traction, do things that don't scale in the beginning, just to learn from the market. And what I really like can give as a tip is don't build things aside from the market, aside from the audience. Build it for the audience, with the audience, with the community. And today's time with Instagram, storytelling, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever you have, is just the right time to co-build products with your community for your community. And I think when you get this out, you are much faster on the market and you get much better traction and you know what to build and where to monetize. Again, I have to agree again. <laughs> <laughs> We're not like, here to disagree. I have to agree again. <laughs> and like I I always have these discussion when I discussions when I like I'm working with my uh, with my coaches just to tell them like listen, let's just get a product out there. You don't have to create it because they're like already like oh my gosh, then I have to like do 10 20 videos. No. Let's just get it out there and see if people are actually willing to buy it. Because there's nothing worse than that you spend hours and hours something that you're really passionate about and nobody buys it. That is actually like, I've been there, I've been there, I've done that, I've learned it the hard way and it's same, terrible. Same. Yeah. 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 At, at, the, at the end of the day, a product is there to solve a problem. Okay. And first of all, there is a problem. So you go find the problem. You don't have the product. You don't need to have the product to find the problem, first of all. So identify the problem. Identify who has the problem. And, you know, I was even, you can even sell an online course. Now this is contradicting opinion um, with a printed PDF file. Because you can just show it to the people. Would you use this? Print out your web page, your screen, and show it to the people on the street. If you are into yoga online courses, you know, print out something, go to a studio, and ask the instructor if you can present it. So you can actually sell online in an offline way. So, and, and I think this is so critical. It is pretty critical. Let's talk about Elo page because, you know, there are a lot of uh, platforms where you um, yeah where it's possible for for coaches experts whatever just to upload their uh, product what do you think that it is that makes elo page so successful measured against our north star we are not successful so we we get there 
on a, on a daily basis. We have a lot of successes, but um, I, think, I think there is a message uh, to be carried out. There's a lot of stuff to do. We do a lot of mistakes and uh, we have to work so hard, so much. Um, what I can just tell why it worked so far. I think, first of all, we put the people in the company uh, as the critical, unique value, a unique people proposition and not feature proposition or unique selling point. I think when you focus everything on your team and team first, then the team creates something fantastic for your customers. And this centricity of people um, then brings the customer centricity. And when you have customer centricity, you're very close to the market. And you can actually work without non-binding contracts. So you can actually cancel LOPH on a daily manner. You don't need to pay us for a year. And this alignment of people inside the company to people outside on a fair basis, this is the fundamental layer. So, so far I didn't talk about the software, right? So this is something critical. And now, of course, we found out stuff which doesn't work on the market. So entrepreneurs look for an end-to-end -end platform um, that can be used to monetize their digital products, courses, uh, memberships, subscriptions. So they want to create products, they want to get paid with all these nice payment methods, doing legally and GDPR-wise everything right, you know, accepting payments, one-off subscriptions, and having a high converting uh, checkout page and also automating stuff, because why? What we can see is, um, and that's the, that's the critical thing, we help people to commercialize their passion. So you love what you do, that's why you burn for it. So you can do it on a daily basis. So our mantra is, let's help entrepreneurs to focus on what they love. And your job is not to getting paid from the technical side, but getting paid from the business side. So what we do is eliminating all technical barriers and helping you to scale and to set up your business like as soon as possible, you know, within a fraction, like really a couple of minutes and then just get the message out and sell in your own brand, in your own name. And we view each and every of our users. Now we have like 50,000 plus sellers on the platform. We see them as mini startups, as startups who have to build stuff, test stuff, build products, bring it out to the market, scale and manage customers uh, successfully. And that's, why, that's what we do as a, as a platform and as people behind. Ask you one last question. Yes. Who is your hero and why? I don't have a hero, um, Sharon. I think, I think uh, everybody can be a hero. The, the biggest problem is when you have a big hero somewhere, okay? Um, you know, th th then you don't see all the small heroes. I think I think the world is the world is more comprised of millions, even billions of small heroes that make the change, and not that one guy Elon Musk. He's great. I read his books, uh, or Jeff Bezos, or you know, it's easy to take these folks as heroes because everybody can take them. For me, when you say hero. There is one guy that I can take as an example. I was at a gasoline station in Munich 
and I was so pissed, you know, because I was having, that was like three years ago, I was having my exhibition booth for the Bits and Pretzels event in my car, my MacBook broke, I had my iMac and MacBook, my, my MacBook broke and the iMac screen had a big like, um, how do you say, scratch and I was late, you know, and then I um, drove into the Shell, it's a Dutch uh, gasoline station, and I was so stressed, you know. And I got out of the car, I dropped my phone, and you know, sometimes when things go bad, everything comes as a chain, you know. Then, you know these people at the gasoline stations in Germany, they can optionally come to help and you can just tip whatever you want, okay. It's not even his job to ask me, but then there was this uh, one guy coming. He looked into my eyes and he said, Mister, he said actually Mister, um, not in German, but, but in English. He said, Mister, you seem to be stressed. Let's calm down. You want me to get you coffee? And I was looking at him. I said, seriously? He said, yes, you need coffee. I can get you whatever you need. You don't need to pay. You can pay later inside. And in the meantime, I will make sure everything will be good with your car. This guy calmed me down. He had, a, he had such a smile on his face, you know. And usually people tip like one or two euro. And he brought me into a very positive conversation. He was smiling. He was laughing, you know. He took even the money. He said, don't walk inside. I will go pay for it. He was filling up changing, the, doing everything, you know, even cleaning the windows, whatever. He said, hey, I wish you a wonderful day. It will be all right. That day we made the biggest deal of the company's history because this guy, seriously, because this guy with such a small move just changed, you know, the way or the direction I was running. So that was my hero. And, and this is, I think that we see so many heroes every day so many, I think they all deserve much more recognition than simply the big billionaires and they're easy to choose. But with this guy, I had a great connection. Well, thank you. This is the perfect way to end, uh, end this podcast. But before we actually end, um, LO page, um, how can the listeners find it? And... So thank you for creating this lovely, lovely, lovely platform for us. Welcome. So uh, go check it out. It's 14 days trial and uh, we are very soon launching our English speaking pro challenge. So uh, which is actually getting you ready for the initial steps. And it's a very tough training. But after 60 minutes, you're basically up and running like you can go online within 60 minutes. Once you learn how to use it, it's very, very fast and uh, go use it and have fun um, you cannot lose much within 14 days you actually find out like what LOPH can do and maybe we can even discuss about like a special treatment or discount for your audience so uh, probably we can then link it uh, down uh, down here in the in the notes thank you Sharon for this invitation it was wonderful